You know, I always give you. I give you. What do you do? You buy a new house? You move Mick in, right? Did you ask me? Is there something matter with me? I got feelings, you know. Everybody's got them, Paulie. The hell with everybody. No, maybe it's the hell with you. I don't want to listen to this crap. Come on, you talk like everybody owes you a living. Shut your mouth. Look, nobody owes nobody nothing. You owe yourself. You're wrong. Friends owe. Friends don't owe. They do because they want to do. Shut your freaking mouth. You've been keeping me down. Down? You know, you're like a crazy brother to me. You really are. So I want to tell you something. This is coming straight from the heart, Paulie. And I mean this. You ain't down. And you ain't a loser. You're just a jealous, lazy bum. scene from uh, Rocky 3 uh, because I think that's a little message I'm sending to all the millennials and all the young kids out there that said hey you know you're not down and you're not out you're just a jealous lazy bum because you know what because the teachers won't tell you that and your parents won't tell you that so your uncle Ed needs to tell you that you know you want to get ahead in life it's time to get off your jealous lazy bum butts and go to work and do something with your life and then, uh, you know, what? I was, I was struggling with what song to open up with, you know, Born to be Wild or Go All the Way. And I'll tell you the story. And uh, my wife sometimes says, how can you always talk about personal stuff on the radio? I said, because it's fun and people like it. So, uh, uh, so uh, I don't know. I, I probably told you guys that uh, uh, for my birthday last September, my wife uh, bought me a, a Can-Am Spider, which is one of them three-legged, uh, three, three-wheeled motorcycles. Uh, I saw one a few years ago at a uh, at a uh, motorcycle sea boat shop out in Bullhead City in Arizona, and uh, we were stopping there to get batteries for our sea and and uh, they had a couple on display that were a year old but were brand new, and I said, hey, can I can I sit on it? They said, yeah. They said, man, it feels like a quad when you sit on the front. It feels like a motorcycle sit on the back, and I said, can I drive it? And I said, I said if I like it, I'll write you a check. They go, no, we don't let we don't let you uh, 
We don't let you. You're not allowed to let you uh, uh, test drive on the weekends because they're right on Highway 95. It wasn't really busy. It was like a Sunday afternoon. I don't know why they wouldn't uh, wouldn't let me test drive it. I said, you know what? I'll uh, you know what? If I like it, I'll I'll drive this thing away. I'll I'll get right you a check. Nope. And ever since then, every time I see one, I go, man, those things look fun. Two wheels on the front, one on the back. And of course, every time we go to uh, Harley Harley weekend in Laughlin. I sit on sit on those Harleys and I go, man. If there was a salesman here, I could be closed right now. So uh, Dawn, being the uh, smart, motherly person that she is, knowing that I probably shouldn't be uh, trusted with two wheels, um, bought me the three wheeler and showed up uh, a couple days before my birthday. Said, hey, your birthday present's in the parking lot. Had one of my friends drive it in. So uh, so my friend Randy Sampius. Up in who lives up in uh, Phelan's been saying, "Hey, let's put some miles on that thing, and uh, let's uh, let's just take a ride out to this Slash X Ranch Bar, which is some uh, biker bar out in the middle of Barstow, out near the uh, 15 and the 40." And uh, it took me since September to finally get Don to let me turn onto the freeway, and he said, "Hey, so last weekend, last weekend she's going." I said, "Hey, this is a good weekend. Let's take that drive up to that uh, bar and let's." Uh, Go have a couple of beers and some ribs, and uh, let's go check it out. Go on a ride. Let's go, you know, get our motors running. And uh, she goes, "No, it's gonna rain." Look, the Weather Channel says no rain in Moreno Valley, no rain in Barstow, no rain in Victorville, just clouds. All right, let's do it. So uh, we get on the road and we go through Ritchie Canyon, and uh, and you know, I didn't even put on a jacket. I put jackets in the in the compartments. And we're uh, we're cruising through there, and I'm going, oh man, it's kind of cool in Moreno Valley. It got warmer as we go into San Bernardino. Don's going, are you cold? Nope, it feels great. We're getting top of, top of Cajon Pass, and I know she's got to be nervous. And right as we're getting towards the top of Cajon Pass, I feel this little drop on my arm, and then I see a little drop on the windshield of the bike. And we're meeting Randy in uh, in Victorville, and uh, as you know, as we're almost to the top. There's no more denying it's raining and we're getting wet. And my sweet, lovable little wife sticks her head up close to mine and she goes, I told you, you never listened to me. It was, it was all, it was like hailing by the time we got off the, the freeway at, at uh, Main Street. And we stopped for like, uh, to, we stopped to, to meet Randy at IHOP off of, uh, off of a Hesperia, off of a Main Street, and it apparently it, the weather. Then we look at the Weather Channel. Hey, the the flood, uh, the flood. Uh, what do they call it flood report. The flood, uh, flood uh, advisory was is going away in a half an hour. So we waited half an hour, and it looked like it was going to clear up. And said, "Hey, let's go for it." Even Don was saying, "Hey, it's just a few sprinkles. Let's go for it." So I guess we go 30 miles out in the middle of the desert and then to some place called Lucerne Valley, which I never, you know, I've heard of. I just never been there before. I've, I've heard of grits. I just never seen one before. So, uh, went out there and then you turn 30 miles out to there in the middle of somewhere. And here's this little bar and it was a cool place. They had a few beers, had a, had some ribs and, and it was cool. It was a fun ride. Except for uh, by the time we got back where we split off and Randy went his way, we went ours. We came down the Cone Pass on the freeway uh, in the dark. And, uh, you know, for the first time we've been on. So it was fun. It was a fun trip. It was uh, one of our, Don and I, one of our many adventures. And uh, it was just a warm-up for Randy and his uh, his uh, girlfriend were uh, getting on the uh, Memorial Day ride. They left on Tuesday for uh, for the ride to the wall 
to uh, the Vietnam Memorial for Memorial Day. They left, I guess, 1,600 bikers across the country. I think 600 left from uh, from Ontario and 10 days to, uh, to Washington, D.C. And uh, just this morning, I'm recording Friday morning, and uh, just this morning I, I, I text Randy and say, hey, it's been two days out. How's, how's things going? And uh, Or I, I text him Thursday night, and I didn't hear anything from him until Friday morning, and he just goes, he said apparently he had some uh, some problems with his bike, and he goes, "Man, that's a lot a lot of riding, man." And uh, he got he got out two days and had some problems, and he goes, "Man, it's a bunch of old geezers, man." And apparently I'm not old enough, so maybe we'll maybe we'll uh, condition ourselves and do it next year. So I was thinking about using the song "Go All the Way." Because I say he didn't go all the way. He went about two days and turned around and said, okay, we'll try it again next year. And uh, so anyway, I know that has nothing to do with what I ever talk about. And But I just thought it was fun. It was funny and fun. And, uh, you know, it's patriotic because it's a ride to the wall for Memorial Day and Vietnam vets and God bless America and all that stuff. And for all you guys that are still on the road, hey, God bless you and uh, make it to the wall. And uh, maybe uh, maybe Don and I will be there with you next year. And maybe we'll have two wheels. We'll probably be on our three-wheeler. And uh, it'll be fun. And uh, But anyway, uh, you know what? Um, let's get to what's happening in this country. I just thought I'd give Randy a good shout-out, make him feel better after he didn't quite make it to Washington, D.C. I think he's turning around and is going to uh, and lick his wounds in Las Vegas for a couple of days, uh, and, uh, and make it a, make a vacation out of it anyway. But, uh, Hey, you know what? Gallant try and, uh, all good, all good and all good. So anyway, Hey, uh, before I go anywhere else, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Summit Funding in Marino Valley. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are, that are real estate and you need financing, Call me toll-free, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free. Area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me, but you don't want to talk on the phone, find me at edhoffman.net. Click on the Summit Funding logo, and uh, it'll take you right to my page on the Summit Funding website, and there's all kinds of uh, mortgage information. You can uh, just click on there, whether you want to refi or purchase, or if you just want information, put in as much information as you want. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back from myself or one of my talented teammates, Eric Marquez, Alex Rojas, Cody Bradbury, Aaron Fredericks, Randy Johnson, or Brian Goodman, and we will help you uh, find the missing pieces of the puzzle to your uh, missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Whether you're looking to refinance a house that you have, or buy a new house, buy a vacation home, buy a vi- buy an investment property, or uh, you know get one of those reverse mortgage things, or just get some more information. I've found a lot of people that say, you know, I'm not interested in that reverse mortgage thing. It's just uh, I heard some bad things. I just wouldn't be interested in that. You know, you heard some bad things. You probably don't know enough about it. Because a lot of times, uh, once you learn about it, you go, man, that's a pretty smart, smart concept there. Anyway, if you're not sure, call me, 855-640-2020. Um, if you want to follow uh, follow the show on, uh, on uh, social media, the main event on Facebook, the main event, uh, dot com slash the main event, Ed Hoffman. So facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. Follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long. And if you want to make a comment on anything I say on the show, 855-640-2092. So anyway, let's talk about what's happening in this, in this, uh, in this country. 
Um, lots of lots of things going on, and uh, most of it is all about the 2020 election. I'll talk about that, and I'll talk about some other stuff too. So, uh, depending on what poll of likely Democrat primary voters you're looking at, Joe Biden has a lead of anywhere from eight to 20 points over Bernie Sanders this week. Hard to imagine. And last two weeks since Biden announced, Sanders has seen his support drop sharply among the young voters that powered his popularity in 2016. As The Hill reported this week, Sanders' support among people from 18 to 29, people who normally don't really even vote, but he apparently uh, mobilized them in 2016 against Hillary. Um, his support has dropped from 45% down to 33% uh, and, uh, from uh, March to May. Uh, meanwhile, Biden's support among that age group has risen to 24. And according to The Hill, Biden's leads in every other age group, and his margins grow uh, the older you get, the, electric, the older the electric gets. So apparently, uh, there is no, there is no, there is no concept of of intelligence the older you get when it comes to Democrats. Used to be that when you're young, if you don't, if you're not a Democrat. If you're not a Democrat when you're young, you don't have a heart. And when you get older, if you're not, if you are a Democrat, you don't have a brain. So uh, apparently, there's there's no talent. There's there's no. If you are a Democrat, there's just there's just no no logic to what you vote for. So it sounds promising for the former vice president. I think I think all these polls don't mean jack diddly squat at this point because I think the more we start to see everybody side by side, everyone's gonna go. This guy's over. This guy doesn't have his faculties together. I mean, if you if they would have let Hillary Clinton um, be openly in front of the camera as much as as uh, Biden will let, because Biden doesn't know how to have a filter. Biden is kind of a loose cannon. Biden is how I would run for president. Okay, because I would just say whatever. You know, if I said a if I said a, a word I shouldn't say, I'd just say, hey, you know what? The F word and the S word are passion words. You know, that's just, that's just, that's the way people talk. You know what? I was born in 61. I got raised in the seventies, you know, mostly got all my influences in the seventies. It's just how we talked back then. Sorry. And, uh, so I don't have a volume control and I don't have a filter and that's pretty much how Biden is, even though he's, uh, 77. Um, so he's, he's a, a bit, past where I am. So maybe that's how it was in the 60s too. So uh, it sounds promising until you actually hear him talk, like I said, on the heels of his, come on, man, China isn't a threat gaffe. Although I, I call it a gaffe. But if you if you listen on some channels, people probably don't think that, hey, come on, man, China isn't a threat. I think he sounds stupid. But if you listen to MSNBC or CNN, the Communist News Network, they might not think that's a gaffe. He's just being Joe. He's just casual. Hey, come on, man. Don't be all uptight. China's not a threat. Biden's now rambling incoherently on Chinese tariffs. See if you can understand what he's saying here. Vice President Biden, do you have a comment on the Chinese tariffs? I'll answer this question. The answer is yes, I do. The president has done nothing but increase the tariffs, the, the, the debt and the trade deficit. The way you have to proceed is we have to have our allies with us. It's not just us. We have to keep the rest of the world together. Secondly, we should labor should be at the table as well as our allies, because that's the only thing. And the fourth thing we should do is be focusing on the things that, in fact, I've been talking about for a long time. China's greatest violation is the way in which they steal our intellectual property. We should make it quid pro quo, as I've told when I was 
is doing with Xi Jinping. It should be simple. Here's the deal. You say that if, in fact, anything has to be owned 50% by Chinese to invest in China, guess what? In America, it's the same thing. This idea of dealing with all the only people that are paying the price are farmers and working people right now. He's going about it all the wrong way. A lot of bravado, no action. What? <laughs> what did he say? You know what? I you know what? I know for a fact this guy won't be the won't be. You know what? I don't want to say it. Okay, I'm pretty sure this guy is not going to be the uh, the uh, nominee. But I would sure love to hear Trump standing on the other side when it's just Trump and Biden, and have and have Biden make a comment like that and have Trump go, "What did he just say?" And just have a, have that look on Trump's face. You know, Trump is what seventy two now. You know, if you watch Trump. Trump is razor sharp. He doesn't have any bong bong resin in right uh, in his. In, you know, he doesn't have any weed uh, bong resin bouncing around in his brain. He doesn't have any residue from from drinking hops and barley and and uh, and tequila and all that stuff like the rest of us do. He doesn't have, you know, he, he doesn't have any of that stuff. This guy's razor sharp. And, you know, he doesn't sleep. You know, he does sleep four hours a night or something. You know, Trump is an anomaly. I don't know. I don't know. And and they got, they've got, they've got Biden. Is this the best that they could do? I mean, they've got to have, they've got to have some kind of contingency plan. What's your contingency plan? Contingency plan? Your backup plan. You gotta have some kind of backup plan, right? No, we don't have a backup plan. This is it. And this is the best that you could that the, the government, the US government can come up with? I mean, you, you're NASA for crying out loud. You put a man on the moon. You're geniuses. You're you're the guys that think it up. I'm sure you got a team of men sitting around somewhere right now just thinking up and somebody backing them up. You tell them you don't have a backup plan. You gotta be, you know, that that's the best you could do. Half the country is Democrat. This is the best guy you could come up with? Come on. Of course, I said the same thing uh, in 2016 when it was Hillary. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Hey, how many people in New York? How many people in just her district? And that was the best you could do? Come on. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders, uh, the other guy who's never had a job, uh, teamed up with a uh, unified message. Credit card interest is too high, and the planet is being destroyed. Well, you know, the credit card interest is too high. It re- reminds me of a, of a guy uh, several years back that was running for governor of New York. His name was uh, Jimmy McMillan. Allow me to introduce myself. I represent the rent is too damn high party. As a karate expert, I will not talk about anyone up here because our children can't afford to live anywhere. Nowhere. There's no way to go. Once again, why? You said it. The rent is too damn high. Yeah, well, the credit card interest is too damn high, too, apparently. And Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders aren't having it. See, but what they what they want to do, they don't remember. They don't remember this thing called the mortgage meltdown subprime. Hey, you know what? The 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 qualifications to buy a house are too damn high. So if you if you can't qualify, hey, we came up with these things called credit scores, and credit scores mean you got to have a certain credit score, which is an algorithm based on your past history that says, hey, what's the likelihood of you defaulting on a house in the first two years? Um, you know, going sixty days behind, ninety days behind, um, in the first two years, and surprisingly, 
that FICO FICO score credit score thing is pretty accurate. And you know what? And so, it, you know, if at first you can't succeed, lower, lower the, lower your standards. So uh, we lowered the standards, and uh, and what happened? You know, the almost destroyed the whole world economy. So the only way, the only way that the banks have to uh, to to protect themselves, hey, you know what? For people that don't have very good credit, we can either not give them credit cards, or we can say, for those of you that have crappy credit. You get a credit card, but it's higher interest. Hey, I'll tell you, I don't pay over 15% on my credit cards. And I don't really even look at my credit cards because I've got a American Express Platinum and some, uh, which is really all I use and I pay it off every month. And mama has a couple of Sam's Club and a, and a couple of store cards and a, we got a couple of Chase Visas and whatever it is, we just pay them off every month. And uh, so we don't pay any interest on any of those things. And that's how, and it's convenience. That's what credit cards are for. But you know, for those of you that use those as a lifeline because you need them like that, if you don't pay your payments on time, you pay higher interest. That's how the world works. But Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders say the interest is too damn high. And you know, the planet is being destroyed and we're just not putting up with it. Here's AOC saying that the middle ground climate change approach Biden is reportedly about to release will surely kill us all. I will be damned if the same politicians who refuse to act then are gonna try to come back today and say we need a middle of the, the, middle of the road approach to save our lives. That is too much for me. Yeah, well, you know what? Seems to me uh, it's kind of the same attitude you had about uh, bringing Amazon's corporate corporate uh, corporate offices to a potential site in your district in Queens, New York, that was going to bring like twenty five billion dollars a year in payroll, and was going to bring like thirty thirty billion dollars a year in in uh, in uh, state taxes to the state of New York, but they were going to give them a ten percent. 10% uh, a discount to uh, to Amazon to bring their corporate offices to the state of New York. And uh, Ocasio-Cortez, hey, we shouldn't give Amazon $3 billion a year, $30 billion over 10 years, because we could spend that creating jobs. Yeah, well, you about shot yourself in the foot there, didn't you? Didn't you? So, you know what? Sometimes you guys got to think about who you let come up to the microphone. Hey, maybe you should turn off my show maybe. Uh but I don't think so. I don't think so. But if you ask Biden, he's ne- he's never said any of that stuff and uh check his record or uh, some other in- incoherent thing like that. Never heard me say no the road. I've never been to no road on the environment. And I tell him to check uh, you know the uh, the, uh, the statements that I made and look at my record. You'll find that nobody has been more consistent about taking on the environment and the green revolution than I have. Okay, so since uh since of Audio wasn't very good because he likes to eat. He likes to talk to the microphones while he's got a mouthful of something, eating something, eating his lunch. Said, uh, "You never heard me say." And uh, I tell her to check. Uh, you know, I've never been middle of the road on the environment. And the statement I made, and look at my record. She'll find that nobody has been more consistent about taking on the environment and a green revolution than I have. Eh. Not sure that that means that means anything. 
think I was going to use a little clip from a few good men. Hey, check the tower logs, why don't you? Just check the tower logs. You'll Then you'll know. But I guess I'll, I guess Biden knows. Hey, you know what? Uh, there's a there's there's a video there's a video and audio record of just about everything I've done. So uh, you know, like when I whisper in when I whisper in the girls' ears and say, "Gee, your hair smells terrific," or I or I whisper in Barack Obama's ears next to the microphone, "Hey, this is a big effing deal," or uh, just about anything else he's done. And so, uh, hey, just check the record because uh, you know I never been in the middle of the road and the statement I made and look at my record and uh, the Green New Deal and. And uh, the, the tariffs are, uh, you know, uh, quid pro quo and something like that. Hey, anyway, we're going to try and talk something other than nonsense in the next, in the second half. Stay tuned for five minutes of uh, traffic, weather, sports, and commercials. We'll be right back with part two of the main event. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman for Summit Funding, the greatest lender in the world. If you're thinking about buying or refinancing, it's a great time. I don't usually talk about uh, buying or buying or financing or real estate on the show because most of you think it's boring. But, you know, I will talk about it for about 30 seconds. Uh, tell you that, hey, rates are really good right now. Probably the best they've been all year. I'm not going to say any specific rates because, uh, you know what, I'm just not going to do that. Uh, but the rates are really good. So if you're thinking about refinancing, um, they are really, really good right now. And uh, will they stay down? I don't know. Call me. Um, 855-640-2020 if you want to buy. You know what? I've been telling you guys, hey, for the last four months, while the market's been really slow, people have been sitting back, maybe waiting for the tax refunds, maybe just sitting back and waiting to see what's going to go on with Trump. Maybe they want to see what's going on. For whatever reason, it's been slow. It's been a great time to to put out offers. Now it's heating up again. And for some reason, you guys don't want to buy till everybody else is when, you know, I've always said, hey, smart investors make good money in good markets and smart investors make great money in bad markets because, you know, if you want to, if you want to do better than everybody else, watch what the masses are doing. Do the exact opposite because most people don't make it. Most people don't get rich, you know, but it's not hard. Just got to watch what the masses are doing and do the opposite. Make some smart decisions. You know, it, uh, so, you know, it, it's all heated up again and people are, are writing offers, but it's still, it's still fun. The weather is good. Go buy a house, go buy a house. But first you need to be pre-qualified. Call me 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net. Search around there. Listen to my podcast. When you're ready to go talk about financing, click on the summit funding logo and I go to my summit funding page. So anyway, let's talk about what's, uh, what's going on here besides, besides, the polls on the on the uh, candidates, um, but we were talking about Biden and Bison's also. While we're talking about Biden, let's talk about healthcare. Biden's also killing two birds with one stone when it comes to his positions on immigration and healthcare, and perhaps he's setting a trend because some of his opponents are jumping in on the bandwagon. Biden has made several versions of this statement over the past couple of weeks. Look, I think that anyone who is in a situation where they're in need of healthcare regardless of whether they're documented or undocumented, we have an obligation to see that they're cared for. That's why I think we need more clinics around the country. Yeah, we need more, need more clinics, as if we don't already have that. Hey, hey, Biden, where have you been for the past several years? You know, anybody been to the emergency room lately? You know, and I'll tell you a story about my uh, orthopedic doctor who just retired, uh, Dr. Christopher Fleming. I talked to him. This was like... 
20 years ago we talked about this. He said, you know what? He goes, the problem with medicine is, you know, if you if you walk into a grocery store and say, hey, I'm hungry, but I don't have any money. They say, hey, out, get out. They boot you out the door. If you go into a restaurant and say, I'm hungry, but I don't have any money. They say, get out the door. They call the police. Hey, this guy's loitering. If you walk into to a hospital and say, I'm sick, I don't have any money, they arrest the doctors if they don't treat you. And the unintended consequences of this is, is there's, a lot of, there's a lot of people being treated and doctors aren't getting paid because there's no one to pay them. And, of course, the government comes in and pays, but not like, you know, considering, considering, consider this. You know, doctors, doctor, you know, people that go into medicine, typically they want to help people. But it requires, you know, go to high school, four years of college, four years of college for a bachelor's degree, three years of medical school. Then they got to do their uh, their internship, and then they got to do their residency. You know, they're they're thirty before they get to start practicing, and then they go do their they go work for Kaiser or they work for you know Loma Linda, and they do all that stuff, and then they decide to go off on their own. You know, the time and and they've got a couple hundred thousand dollars of of uh, student loans because nobody has the money to pay for those those universities because they've they've you know gone up 10 times in price since the uh, guaranteed student loans and uh it's it's a ridiculous price for them to come help us and we and then we say hey we're entitled to medical care we're entitled to have you who paid for your education who puts out your time and puts out your money and and studied all that time sacrificed your life we're entitled to have you work on us if you're a doctor, that's got to, that's, you know what? Doctors, nurses, all you medical people, you know, you won't say it out loud. And certainly not in front of a microphone, but that's got to anger you. That's got to, that's got to offend you. It's got to tick you off. I want to say another word, but I'm not allowed to say it on the radio. So, uh, Salem's funny about that word, but you know what? It's, it's, it's the fact. That's the fact. And that's why a lot of people are saying, eh, maybe I don't want to go into medicine. A lot of good people don't want to be. There's a lot of good people who could be leaders in this country that don't want to go into politics because the way politics is. The first one to write on Biden's coattails was Kamala Harris, who literally wagged her finger at the, at the camera on CNN uh, to Jake Tapper when Jake Tapper asked her about illegal immigrants and health care. So you support giving universal health care, Medicare for all to people who are in this country illegally? Let me just be very clear about this. I am opposed to any policy that would deny in our country any human being from access to public safety, public education, or public health, period. Period. And or public uh, nutrition or public transportation or public anything. You know what? That's socialism, folks. That's where it's going. That's where it's going. And, you know, to a certain point, you know, a certain point I'm okay with uh, having places to take care of people like that. But you know what? I'm okay taking care of people that can't take care of themselves. I'm, I'm against taking care of people that won't take care of themselves. There's a big difference. And there's that slight little difference in the way we think is the difference between America and every other country on, the, on this earth. And that's the one thing that we don't teach kids in school. And that's the one thing the generations that are younger than mine are going to be missing when we're gone from this earth and where, where this country will, will fail if something doesn't change now. Think about that. But the 23rd Democrat, think about that for a minute. 
the 23rd Democrat, to get into the 2020 presidential race. 23 this week. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, who my wife passionately, passionately uh, calls Big Bird because he's a big, tall guy with a big nose, and he just is, and he talks like about his nonsense as Big Bird. Bill de Blasio is way ahead of both, both of both, uh, both uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris on this because de Blasio announced back in January that soon illegal immigrants living in the Bronx will be able to get. The NYC, that's New York City Care Card, entitling them to free health care coverage from the city starting in August. But because he's now running for president, he wants the rest of the country to know about this too. You'll hear some critics say that we, this is him, his quote, you'll hear some critics say we can't afford to give everyone health care, de Blasio said at Lincoln Hospital press conference this week. I have a simple answer. It's not a problem of money from my point. There's plenty of money in this country. It's just in the wrong hands. The giveaway is projected to cost taxpayers $100 million. $100 million for New York City. Not for the country, for New York City. Here's some other facts. It'll give some 300,000 immigrants and low-income New Yorkers access to primary care doctors, prescriptions, and other medical services. Patients only have to prove that they have lived in the city for six months and are either uninsured or can't afford health care plan. Well, let's see. If you're, if you're homeless... How do you prove you've been there for six months? If you're uh, if you're undocumented, how do you prove you've been there for six months? Ah, just sign this thing saying you promise that that's the truth. Ah, that's uh, I'm probably sure that's probably fine. Otherwise, we'll say, hey, you're discriminating from people that don't have any proof. And since those are mostly uh, mostly uh, dis- uh, minorities, now you're now you're now you're discriminating against minorities. Those aren't in, those aren't in the facts. Those are things I'm putting in. Uh, Bronx residents will be the first to get their cards this summer, and then on to other New Yorkers can apply for the program over the following several months. Public hospitals already provide free health care by treating patients regardless of their ability to pay. All this brings back memories. Uh, to remember this in the State of the Union 2009. There are also those who claim that our reform efforts would ensure illegal immigrants. This, too, is false. The reforms... The reforms I'm proposing would not apply to those who are here illegal. It's not true. Uh, for if you couldn't hear that, that was uh, Joe Wilson, uh, a uh, congressperson, saying "You lie" in the background. And uh, who was right? Was it Obama was telling the truth, or Joe Wilson was telling? I think it was Joe Wilson, if I remember correctly, uh, because it did it did provide uh, health care for illegal immigrants. Because uh, if Obama's lips were moving, he was lying. So, uh, so I guess Joe was Joe Wilson was uh, fairly confident in his ability to say that out loud during the State of the Union. So, anyway, um, now then you got the losing candidates on the Democrat roster. Sure, there's a lot of talk of the candidates on Democrats. I really don't really talk about talking about candidate uh, Democrats, but there's so many of them looking stupid. It's so fun to make them look stupid. With 23 candidates in the race, there's plenty of other Democrats candidates to talk about, even with the most of them out of the race that'll be out of the race before the summer is over. Someone who clearly sees the writing on the wall is Kirsten Gillibrand, who I told you from the beginning, there's no freaking way that this screechy, squeaky voiced child is going to do it. And, and child, she's, she's 
just a little bit younger than me. She's tried everything from wearing gimmicky t-shirts to posting videos of herself bench pressing. Ah, uh, sounds like a scene from uh, Saturday Night Live. Uh, okay, what do you bench? What do you bench? Uh, but as but as a young mom, something you'll hear her call herself in a moment, Jill Brand has latched onto what she clearly feels is her winning issue. Naturally, it's abortion. It's an outrage that in Alabama, all white men made the decision to criminalize basic health care. It's clear that the laws passed here in Georgia and in states across the country represent the greatest threat to reproductive freedom we have seen since Roe v. Wade. And we know that this is not a hypothetical threat. As we heard from the doctors behind us, from the providers, they know what it's like to lose patients. From the advocates who said, when you make abortion illegal, it doesn't stop abortion. It just stops safe abortions. Yeah, well, like, uh, just like uh, just about everything else in an effort to use this as, as a race issue or just to get voters, uh, it only, they say it only discriminates against, against black people because black people, apparently there's more abortions amongst black, black people than other, and other, uh, and other minorities. Um, I saw a, uh, a debate with uh, Candace Owens on and, uh, Candace Owens, one of the people that apparently is, they're calling a white supremacist. Of course, of course she's black. Uh, so I don't know how she could be a white supremacist, but, uh, but she's just talking logic you know she they're they're saying that hey this is this is a uh, a racial thing against uh against black people the abortion thing well wait a minute if 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 more black babies are being aborted isn't it pro-black people because now more black babies are going to be born so i think abortion is anti-black and apparently uh, martha sanger the lady who created planned parenthood who is doing that specifically as a racial thing uh you know what people ought to ought to read their history people ought to read their history we ought to take we ought to take that college sat uh apparently they took out they took out uh home economics you know how to balance your checkbook how to how to boil water how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich how to uh, sew a button on your on thing out of high school and uh, added in how to pass how to prepare for college when you know what half the half the kids don't need to go to college Maybe three quarters of the kids don't need to go to college in this in this information age when you don't need to go to college to be smart. All you need to have is Siri on your on your uh, on your on your smartphone or uh, have Google. All the information is right at our fingertips. Maybe we don't have to have kids go to college to get rich. If you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be a lawyer, you're going to be some kind of scientist. Yeah, that's different. But you know what? Maybe we don't need to have people spend a hundred thousand dollars to get a basket weaving degree. Maybe that would be the smart financial thing. So, hey, parents, don't spend your retirement dollars sending your kids to college that don't really have the aptitude for it, that don't really have any idea what they want to do with their life. Send them to community college and see if send them into the military. Have them have them learn how to make their bed and wipe their butts and do their and do something on their own without you having to to take care of them and cook their meals. Have them learn to do something on their own and find out if they want to do something with their lives first before you mortgage your house and spend your retirement dollars on them. And for your kids that actually applied themselves, spend their money on them. Okay, there's nothing wrong with there's nothing. Hey, I'm a college dropout. I'm a college dropout. I did just fine. 
So did Steve Jobs. So did uh, Bill Gates. So did a lot of people. I have a whole bunch of people with college degrees at my office that have college, college degrees in something that doesn't mean diddly to them. Now, granted, they're younger than me, so maybe high school didn't do anything to them. They didn't learn anything in high school, so finishing college was something uh, was something uh, something more uh, symbolic than than it was to me. You know, I went to college for four years, but then I just, yeah, what do I want to be an engineer for? You know what? Think about that. All kids don't have to go to college. And today, I wouldn't send my kids to If I had college-age kids, I would not send them just to, until, until some, maybe, maybe Hillsdale. I would send them to a private Christian college, and I would certainly even do some research on that before. So here's, here's Gillibrand calling herself young again, even though she's already older than Barack Obama was in his second term. I'm going to run for president of the United States because as a young mom, I'm going to fight for other people's kids as hard as I would fight for my own. Yeah, except for uh, she's not going to fight for unborn kids, um, kids that already have a heartbeat. And of course, this is all around the Alabama passing. I think they're the fourth or fifth state to pass the heartbeat bill. Hey, uh, abortion is still legal in the first six weeks until that until there's a heartbeat there. So. uh Anyway, so that's a uh, that's a life and that's a that's a life versus uh, life versus no life, and uh, it's not a it's not a healthcare thing. So, but that's that's me. Um, I don't think we can legislate uh, morality, but that's just Democrats being uh, hypocrites. So anyway, then there's Beto O'Rourke. He went from raising six million dollars in his first twenty four hours as a candidate to now lagging behind Biden and Sanders in fundraising and. And the polls, a new Quinnipiac poll shows uh, shows Beto uh, support dwindled down to just five percent in the polls as Biden surged ahead. This is the, this was the uh, this is the new the new Barack Obama man. He's young, he's good looking, he stands on uh, on counters and uh, tables in diners, and uh, you know he was a representative from Texas, and uh, he's he, this is the guy, man. Here's here's this week's high, uh, here's the headline. CNN says Beto O'Rourke is pulling worse than ever. The Daily Beast: Beto 2.0 campaign plans to reboot after lagging polls. Politico: Beto hires digital guru to amend amid staff scramble. That one's about him hiring one of Hillary's communications people to rescue his campaign after his top two staffers just quit. So the man who's supposed to be the next Obama is falling so hard that Trump doesn't even need to give him a nickname. In fact, it sounds like Trump. Almost feel sorry for him. Beto, Beto, Beto's falling fast. What the hell happened? Remember about four, four weeks ago, he said, I was made for this. He was made for it. He was made to fall like a rock. He, what happened to him? But he's trying to restart his campaign. That generally doesn't work out too well. Yeah, so, uh, but no one was harder on Beto this week than uh, Beto himself. Once again, proving he has no visible backbone. The cool guy candidate gave the most self-loathing, oh, woe is me answer possible to Megan McCain and Joy Behar on The View. You did a Vanity Fair cover to announce your campaign and you said you were, quote, born to be in it. You went across the country alone on a road trip after you lost your election and you said you, quote, sometimes help raise your kids. These are things in my mind that a female candidate wouldn't be able to get away with. Do you think you can get away with more because you're a man? And do you have any regrets about launching on the cover of Vanity Fair? You're right. Um, There are things that I have been privileged to do in my life that that others cannot. 
I have my work cut out for me to, to be a better per person and ensure that I'm more mindful uh, to the experiences that others have had different than the experiences so that I've had. Things You're that you Vanity Fair. Are those mistakes? Would you say those are mistakes? Being on the cover of Vanity Fair? Yeah, so, so make it. Looks it looks elitist? What? What's yeah, it? yeah. I, I think it, it reinforces that that perception of privilege. And that headline that said I was I was born to, mm -hmm. to be in this, I, in the articles attempting to say that, that I felt that my calling was in public service. No one is born to be president of the United States of America, wow. uh, least of all me. Um, so, so um, yeah. What about I, the part time I, dad thing? Yeah, so, so you listen. Got some flack for that one. <laughs> Absolutely, and I deserved it. Put a fork in this guy. He's a wimp. You know what? The first, the first thing of all, hey, you know what? You know what? Let me tell you about raising my kids. I was a good dad, a good example of, of ambition and hard work and make sure my kids are taken care of. And you know what? And I let my wife raise my kids, teach them morality and make sure they were taken care of. And I give all the, all, you know why my kids are good people? Because my wife done. Because she made them good kids. I showed them hard work and you know what? All that stuff. And I'm not embarrassed to say that She's responsible for that. And you know, when they called him on it, was that, was that a race, a sexist thing to say? He goes, Oh, well, I shouldn't have said that. This guy's a wuss. This guy's a weak suck. He's a spineless jellyfish. You know what? He could be president. I don't think so. Anyway, stick a fork in him. He's done. And think about it. Here's the people running for president. Bill de Blasio, mayor of, of New York. 75% of people in New York don't even think he should run for New York again. Steve Bullock. Who's Steve Bullock? He's the governor of Montana. No one's ever heard of him. Michael Bennett, senator in Colorado. He's eating too many uh, magic mushrooms. Hey, you know what? They just made magic mushrooms, you know, hallucinogenics, legal in Colorado. I don't even know I want to go there to ski anymore. Joe Biden, former VP. He's he's almost uh, he's almost in dementia. Seth Seth uh, uh, Mullen Molten Molten. Uh, representative, a congressman from Massachusetts, Eric Squalwell, uh, representative from California up in Pleasanton out near uh, Oakland. Uh, he's a moron. Tim Ryan, he's a representative from Ohio. He's a moron just because I say so. Um, no no specific reason, just because I don't know who he is. Uh, I'm just giving you the, the disclosure there. Uh, Wayne Messam, uh, mayor from Miramar, Florida. Don't know who he is, but he must, he must not be anything special. Uh, Beto O'Rourke, we just heard from uh, John Hicken Hickenlooper, uh, former governor of uh, Colorado and the mayor of Denver. Uh, he's a he's a he's smoking weed and uh, popping uh, popping uh, mushrooms. Jay uh, Ins Inslee, uh, governor of Washington, uh, he's smoking weed up there. Uh, Bernie Sanders, uh, socialist from uh, Vermont, uh, never had a job. Amy Klobacher, Klobucher. Clo Bucker, I don't know how you say your name. I, I can't read my own writing because I was printing with a pen, and uh, I should be looking at the printed version. Senator from Minnesota, all her staff say she's um, a B-word. Elizabeth Warren, uh, hey, oh, hold on. Let me, let me, I think I'll have a beer. Uh, you know, the uh, Pocahontas. Corey Booger, uh, Booker from uh, New Jersey, um, he's, a, he's a wimp. Uh, Pete Buttigieg, of, uh, the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. I think it's the city of uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame's the only thing up there. Uh, he wants him and his husband to be the first uh, uh, the first gay couple in the White House. Kamala Harris, she slept her way up to uh, the uh, senatorship. She was the uh, attorney general of California. Uh, slept with the uh, mayor of San Francisco to get her away. Kirsten Gillibrand, you just heard her. She, I'm going to show how much I've been, press. Uh, Julian Castro, 
Uh, he was the uh, mayor of San Antonio, and uh, he was the secretary of HUD. He wishes he tried to trying to be uh, uh, Barack Obama the way he talks. He's he's a weak suck. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard, uh, Republic, uh, represented from Hawaii. Nobody knows who she is. Marianne Williamson, nobody knows who she is, but she is an author and lecturer, self-help person. She thinks uh, our country needs some morality. Uh, Andrew Yang, he's an entrepreneur from from uh, New York, except for nobody knows who he is. And John Delaney, he's a uh, representative from Maryland. So there's a bunch of people you haven't heard of and the people that you have heard of, nobody likes anyway. So uh, I think Trump will be in there another six years. So uh, back to immigration. President Trump called for an update to a major update to immigration on Thursday, announcing his plan to boost merit-based immigration, which uses individual skills to decide whether they people should be allowed to immigrate. Just like country that li- countries that liberals admire already, like Canada, Australia, New Zealand. Uh, remember, two weeks ago, I had Mitt Sandrew, uh, who wrote uh, "Escaping Communism." He said that he, when he left uh, uh, Romania, he tried to immigrate to Canada because he didn't want to get go to Vietnam and and get captured in Vietnam and have them send him back to to Romania. And uh, but Canada wouldn't take him because he didn't have any skills. Oh wow, what a smart thing that is. Uh, the White House would replace the longstanding family-based immigration with a chain immigration where, hey, you know, they let one person in, they got to let every one of his every one of his family members and his uh, brothers-in-law and his uncles and his aunts and his cousins and everybody else that he puts on a list. And he uh, unveiled the proposed plan in the White House Rose Garden press conference on Thursday. We don't have enough time to uh, play the clip, so maybe I'll play it, play it next week. Um, so, well, you know, I'll tell you, I went to uh, Australia uh on a cruise a couple years back and as we went through as we went through uh um customs uh they said are you here on business or pleasure and i said well we're here on pleasure but you know while we're here i might want to find a place to be in just in case my country goes down the toilet and the guy goes hey what if we don't want you here i get that i guess i'm screwed i guess you know what i like that attitude what if we don't want you here we don't have to take you and guess what that's how america should be Folks, I'm out of time for this episode of The Main Event. Thanks for listening. My name is Ed Hoffman, and I'll be back again with you next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, California DRE ID number 1012658, Arizona MLO license number 0926439, branch NMLS ID number 1841782, Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199, Arizona license number 0925837, equal housing opportunity.